Welcome back to the Bleach and Bothered podcast. My name is Layla Halbert and I am your hostess with the mostess. Uh, if you have not yet subscribed to the podcast, please go on and do that. Uh, leave a five-star rating, write a review, follow the Instagram account, my personal account, the podcast account, all of that good stuff. Um, and if this is your first time listening, thank you so much for joining me. And if you are a faithful listener, Thanks for coming back. <laughs> um, so today's episode, another solo episode, as you guessed, thank you, quarantine. Um, we are going to be diving into a subject that, to be honest, I have been putting off and kind of avoiding since I started this podcast, however m- many months ago that was, uh, six, seven, I don't know, October. November, December, January, February, March. Yeah, about six months ago. Um, And that is the topic of just, I mean, the topic of religion, but the topic of religion as it pertains to my own personal experiences. Um, And it's something that I've definitely wanted to talk about on the podcast, but it's... I mean, religion in general, I think, is a very, is considered to be very controversial. And I, I do my best, as you guys know, to be as honest and blunt and authentic as I possibly can be. But at the same time, I'm never, my intent is never to hurt anyone's feelings. Um, I understand that I can't control people's reactions to whatever I'm talking about or saying or their perceptions. Um, But I just wanted to preface this whole episode or conversation with the fact that I am just, I'm speaking about my own personal experiences, beliefs, perspectives, etc. And it is not coming from a place of hatefulness. Um, I'm really not trying to offend anybody. If you feel offended by what I'm saying, that's probably your own issue. No offense, (laughs) but kind of. Um, But yeah, I just wanted to kind of start off that way because I know that this is a subject that can be very touchy for a lot of people, myself included. Um, Yeah, so I've just, it's it's taken me a while to work up the courage and, and the guts to just sit down and just really get into it. And this quarantine is uh, the perfect opportunity for that. So um, I've, I had you guys send in some questions, which there were quite a few of, which is awesome. Uh, I thought about doing like a part two to the episode, but I think we're just going to do it all in one. Um, some of your questions might be answered as I'm kind of telling my story. Um, if they're not, I've, I have a lot of them, most of them written down. Some of them I kind of clumped together because they some questions were similar to others. Um, so we'll kind of save that for the end or the next second half of the episode or whatever. Um, but yeah, so I'm just going to kind of, uh, I don't know, just get started. And and one more thing I wanted to kind of preface the episode a little bit with is I am obviously not a theologian. I am not a pastor. I am not 
somebody who has studied theology or done like a super deep dive into organized religion or any of that stuff. Um, So I'm just answering your questions to the best of my ability and telling my story from my perspective, like I said. Um, So just take that for what it is. Um, You don't have to agree with me. In fact, I know a lot of you won't agree with me and that's totally cool. Um, But yeah, so I just wanted to kind of get that all out in the open before I uh, dive right into everything. Also, like I said, the last two episodes, uh, I am bothered by coronavirus and all of the shitty shit that surrounds it. And that's going to be my bothered thing until this is over. So still, it's still the same. Um, (laughs) Also, uh, I'm just trying to think of more stuff that I need to like kind of talk about before I like really dive in. But yeah, uh, quarantine is going a lot better for me than it was a couple of weeks ago. It's definitely been a roller coaster of emotions and uh, whatnot. But I feel like I'm starting after, I mean, it's been a month now. So I feel like I'm kind of starting to get into the groove of it and kind of developing a new normal. Although I will say I'm very excited to go back to my old normal, um, which includes working and doing my job that I love. Uh, But for now, we're all doing okay. Everyone is staying healthy. Everyone is staying isolated, social distancing, all that stuff. Um, And yeah, just my days are filled with somewhat of a routine thanks to Lennox. So that makes me feel better. Um, It can also be (laughs) very exhausting. But, you know, all in all, it could be a hell of a lot worse for me and for my family than it is. And so I'm just thankful that everyone is healthy and we, I honestly haven't been bored. Like people are complaining about being super bored and blah, 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 whatever. And I guess if you live alone and don't have anyone to interact with, I could see that happening, but Lennox keeps me on my toes. So when he's at his dad's or whatever, like I, I'm happy to lay around and watch a show or play with my phone or do whatever I feel like doing without feeling bad for it. Um, And yeah, so I haven't really been bored at all. We've been getting outside a lot, which has been good. Um, So yeah, we're just we're just out here trying to make the best of it. And I still have my moments where I get really bummed out and angry and just, you know, uh, annoyed and all the all of the things. But at the end of the day, just kind of trying to focus on the things that I can control. And one of those things is my mindset, which sounds cheesy, but it's true. Like I can choose to be negative and walk around with an attitude, but I don't really want to do that because it just has negative effects on every other part of your life. So I am choosing to do my best to see the good in all of this. And hopefully you guys are able to do the same. If not, I feel for you. I'm really sorry. Um, Sorry, if you hear me pause, it's because I um, have a little thing of water here. Um, Yeah, anyway, that's just kind of like a quick little update about all of that. Uh, The podcast, I'm putting out episodes bi-weekly, so every other Friday instead of every Friday until this quarantine is over, just to kind of try to stretch out the content a little bit and not exhaust myself and feel like I'm putting out content that is shit just for the sake of putting out an episode. I don't really want to do that. Um, so yeah, so I'm bringing the heat, I'm bringing the heat today. We're going to get right into this and 
I, I'm I'm nervous. I'm not going to lie to you. This is probably going to be the most vulnerable I've been thus far, which is saying a lot because I get pretty honest and vulnerable on the podcast pretty often. But this is just one of those subjects that I don't talk about that often. And if I do, it's with people that I deeply trust. Um, so this is kind of the first time I'm really talking about this publicly in this way for anyone who wants to listen to listen to. So here we go. So um, I guess we'll just start right from the beginning. Um, my So both of my parents, um, my mom is Brazilian, which you guys know, but she was raised Catholic. And my dad, I'm not sure like what sect of Christianity or what uh, denomination or whatever you want to call it, but he was, my dad's from Texas. He was raised going to church. I don't know if it was like Baptist or what it was, but he definitely was raised in church in one way or another. Um, they both um, kind of had like a rough upbringing as far as like, like they both had absent fathers and um, just kind of like a, you know, I don't want to get too into the background, but it's just important to know that that's kind of like where my parents came from. And then at one point they were both involved in um, another religious organization that had nothing to do with any of that, but that's kind of how they met each other. Again, something that I'm not going to go into a bunch of detail in because that's a story for another day, like I like to say. Um, But so my parents, what I'm trying to say is my parents were both brought up in some sort of religious upbringing, whether it be Catholic or Christian or whatever. Um, And then as they became adults and met each other and got married and had started having my siblings and I, um, they kind of moved in a different direction. So we were all born in Brazil, my siblings and I, Um, that's where my parents met. And we moved to the States when I was like three And we moved up to Washington by the time I was like five years old. Um, So from obviously from like birth to five years old or six or seven, I don't have a ton of my own memories, but my earliest memories go back, you know, first, second grade until now. And um, I definitely was raised in a home where we went to church every Sunday, um, my parents taught us about the Bible. Uh, we prayed. We, you know, did all of the things that people who, you know, have faith or uh, call themselves religious or whatever do. We did all of those things. Um, yeah, so I'm pretty much my entire life. Um, we, we started going to a church... Um, when we moved to Washington, when I was, I mean, probably six or seven and we went to this same church from then pretty much my entire life. So the church that we started going to was, and I think if I remember correctly, just from conversations I've had with my parents, um, they, we, we tried out a few different churches. Like when I was, when my siblings and I were younger, Um, and we eventually, they eventually landed on this one and we just started going and we were kids. So we just did what we were told and went where our parents told us to go. Um, and my parents, I think were just, they, 
you know, becoming parents and having children, it, as a lot of you know, is crazy. And uh, especially when you've grown up in a home that, you know, had a lot of dysfunction, like you're kind of trying to not, you're trying to take the best parts of the way you were raised and then changing the things that weren't so great and trying to make that translate into how you raise your own children, I think. And so my parents were doing the best that they could with what they had to work with, basically. And to them, that meant we went to church every weekend and we were involved with church activities and all of that stuff. So, um, yeah, so growing up, I mean, we did all the things. We went to the same church and this this church... Um, it was a pretty large church that eventually started, um, they, the church eventually started growing and like planting other churches or, 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 or having other campuses that were kind of under the same, you know, umbrella of this one larger church in different cities and different areas. So um, non-denominational Christian church, that's how I was raised. Um, and if you're somebody who's not familiar with religion or church or Christianity at all, I'm really sorry if some of this stuff doesn't make any sense to you. Um, you can Google it just for the sake of trying to not <laughs> make this episode five hours long. I'm just going to kind of roll through my story. And if you have questions for me later or whatever, please feel free to reach out. Um, but anyway, I was raised in a um, going to a non-denominational Christian church. Um, and to be quite honest with you, like, I kind of know what that means, but I would have to look up a definition to try to like tell someone else. Um, There's all different types of, you know, there's, I know that there's like non-denominational, Baptist, first reformed, second reformed, you know, like there's all different kinds. Like I said, I'm not a theologian. I don't, I don't really, at this point in my life, like I don't really not to sound harsh, but like, I don't really care. Like I'm kind of just like doing my thing and whatever. Anyway, we'll get to that later. But I was raised in a non-denominational Christian church. Um, and we did all the things we did Awanas, we did youth group, we did, you know, every activity that the church did, we were involved. Uh, my dad, as you guys may or most of you know, is a musician Um, so my dad was always involved on the worship teams, which is, um, you know, where they play the music at the beginning of the service. And this church that we went to was one of those churches that had like a cool band and it wasn't just like people like singing badly in a choir, like old hymns that nobody really knows the words to. It was like, you know, more of that, like, you know, current, uh, whatever you want to call it, like cool church music, worship music. So my dad was always on worship teams. Um, We always grew up seeing him play. Um, I have grown up singing with my dad. And so, you know, fast forward to like later elementary school, like fourth, fifth grade, kind of around there. Um, I started becoming interested in being involved 
in worship team and whatever and all this stuff. Like during the summer, my parents would send us to summer camp, you know, Christian summer camps. And we always had so much fun. And of course, I like always had crushes on like all the counselors that were like older and that like definitely wasn't allowed. But like, hello, hi, I'm boy crazy, have been since day one. (laughs) So um, I was always, I mean, pretty much since I can remember, I was always like very gung-ho, like, yep, I believe everything that everyone's telling me in this place. And, um, you know, I got baptized, I think, when I was like 10 or 11 um, and, you know, did the whole asking Jesus to be in my heart thing. And, you know, all of that, all of the stuff that you can think of when thinking about growing up in a Christian home, going to church every Sunday, youth group, all that stuff. Um, I was very gung-ho, like all about it. Um, My other two siblings weren't so much, especially as we got into like middle school and high school, they kind of just went because they had to, but like I was always very like into it. Um, And it's interesting because in retrospect, looking back on the way I was and the way I perceived things and the reason I did things when I was in that middle school, high school, you know, post high school age. Now, after doing the work that I've done over the last couple of years to figure out who I am as a person through lots of different ways, whether that be like different personality tests, like the Enneagram or astrology or whatever. I have learned so much more about myself that when I think back on memories of when I was a kid and growing up and whatnot, like it all makes so much sense. So I, like I said, like started becoming really interested in um, singing on the worship team at a very young age, like when I was like 11 or 12. And, um, I was constantly trying to do whatever I could to get attention, validation, and feel like I was doing something good because I am, like I said in my Instagram story, like I'm an Enneagram too. I am your, your, uh, textbook, you know, like people pleasing overachiever when it comes to making other people feel not an overachiever, but um, kind of I'm the queen of overextending myself for other people um, and 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 see and, and feeling validated in that way. So it would make sense that growing up, my parents were very like, okay, we're going to church every Sunday. Like, this is what we do. This is who we are. And so, of course, I'm going to throw myself into that and be super gung-ho and whatever because I want to make my parents happy and I want to do the right thing. So it's just interesting, like now as a 28-year-old adult, looking back and knowing what I know about myself now and, and growing and and, you know, kind of shifting my mindset a little bit how it makes so much sense, like why I was the way I was earlier on in life. Um, So I started getting involved in worship team stuff, singing on the worship team at a very young age. I think I was like 12 or 11. Um, I, I, I'm trying to remember exactly how it went. Um, 
but I think it started with like youth group. So I had this really cool youth leader who we're still cool till this day. He listens to the podcast. I don't know if he listens to every episode, um, but I had this youth pastor who um, I really like looked up to and um, I really liked the way he he did things, him and his wife and um, as far as youth group goes and whatever. And uh, it was super fun and like all the cool kids went to this youth group and like I was like when I was in like fifth grade at the end of elementary school like I could not wait I was like yes I'm finally in middle school I finally get to go to this really cool youth group and whatever and um, and I think I I just asked him I was like hey like I want to be on the worship team like what how do I do that and like I want to sing and I don't, like I said, I don't remember exactly how it went. It was so long ago, but I just remember him being like, okay, like sing for us. Like, you, you, let me see what you got or whatever. Like, all right. So then, then I remember, uh, he, him taking me to talk to like the guy who was the worship leader for the youth group or whatever and being like, Hey, she wants to sing. And I'm like this 12 year old middle schooler. And this guy's like thinking like, yeah, okay. Like, come on, get real. And then, so then I kind of went through like a little audition. He's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. You can be on the team. (laughs) Not to toot my own horn or anything, but, uh, I was pretty good. (laughs) But that kind of started, what then turned into like 10 years of being on worship teams started out with youth group um, very shortly after that moved up into what we like to call big church which basically is just Sunday church where everyone it's not you know it's for all the adults right so that was like a huge deal and this is like probably one of the biggest churches in the area where I live so um yeah, so I started singing on worship teams for youth group and then also for quote unquote big church um, very early, like sixth, seventh grade. Um, and f- for the most part, up until up until I was like, I would say 19 or 20, um, I don't I, I don't have like negative memories about being raised in a Christian home or going to church. Um, I think a lot of people are kind of expecting me to get on this episode and just like shit all over organized religion and Christianity, which we'll get into some of the like more negative, not negative, but like more some of the more yucky stuff later. But I did want to make a point to mention that person, I know that other people's experiences are different, but for me personally, I I overall had a pretty positive experience with um, youth groups and church and worship teams and and the people um, that I was surrounded by uh, in those places and and whatnot. Um, f- like for the most part, I I have I have really good memories. Um, youth group and church and that community uh, when I was growing up was. Um, I mean, no pun intended, kind of a sacred safe 
space for me because like you've heard me talk about in other episodes, like I wasn't very popular ever like growing up. I didn't have a lot of friends. Um, we moved around a lot when I was a kid. So um, I never really had that like core group of friends that everyone gets to grow up with and do everything together. No extended family, no cousins, nothing like that. So I found this place and this kind of niche for myself where I was accepted and could shine and could use my gifts, which would be music, um, pretty early on in life through youth group and church and whatnot. And um, I had really positive experiences for the most part and, and, you know, was friends with a lot of really great people. And I'm still friends with a lot of people to this day that, Um, I met through youth group and church over the years. um, And I'm very grateful for that. In fact, I can remember um, when I was, I can't remember exact, like I said, it's hard to remember the exact dates and stuff, but somewhere, I think it was around middle school when we first moved to Linden from Bellingham. um, I remember I had been going to this youth group that I loved and I was having a really hard time breaking into the click clickiness that can be, I mean, any, I think it, people experience this everywhere, but especially in Linden, like I was having a hard time making friends and approaching people and, you know, whatever. And so I remember writing a letter. This is so me to do this, writing this long letter to the youth pastor, basically just being like, Hey, um, I don't know what to do. I don't have any friends like help basically. Like obviously it was it was longer and more involved than that, but I didn't I felt weird like going up and asking face to face or ha- figuring out how to ask for help. So I just wrote this long letter about like how I didn't have any friends and SOS help me. <laughs> uh, it's kind of embarrassing, but Um, yeah, just like I said, overall, for the most part, it was a pretty good experience for me and I have great memories. Um, I remember I had the same, the same youth pastor all through middle school and most of high school. And there was a point in time where, uh, he and his family were going to be moving and leaving the church, like right before my senior year. And I was devastated because, you know, it was this community that I had grown up with and him and his family, his wife and, you know, other, my youth leaders and whatever, um, were people that I, um, you know, trusted and spent a lot of time with and it was just heartbreaking. Um, and, uh, I'm trying to think, sorry, I should have also prefaced this with, um, an apology that in advance that it might get a little bit scatterbrained and kind of all over the place because I haven't talked about this in depth in a long time. So I'm trying to kind of stay on like a chronological order, but I might have to go back and then go forward, whatever you get it. So anyway, just kind of backing up a little bit before that. Um, also, I just wanted to mention that, you know, growing up in a religious home and going to church every weekend and whatever youth group 
being on worship teams, um, especially, you know, because you're on stage and in front of everyone, you kind of, or at least for me, I kind of grew up with this automatic feeling of like, I have to be a certain way in order to keep doing what I'm doing, be an example, whatever, live my life the way I'm supposed to be living my life according to what my pastors are telling me, according to the way my pastors interpret the Bible and teach their lessons and all of this stuff, right? Which for me meant sex is bad. Sex before marriage is bad. Abstinence is the only way. Um, If you break these rules, you know, you have to repent and God loves you unconditionally, but if you fuck up, you better ask for forgiveness and you can only go to heaven if you accept Jesus into your life and have a personal relationship with him. And if you don't, you're going to hell. And I'm like, I never really thought about it until later on in life. I'm like, that's a little contradictory because if he loves you unconditionally, no matter what, but then if you don't accept him, you go to hell. I don't really get that, but sure, I'll believe it because all these people who I look up to and trust are telling it to me. So, okay. Um, And so kind of that accumulation of all of those things that are kind of pounded into your brain as a young person, um, it's just, you know, it's years and years and years and years of all of that. And like I said, it's not all negative. There were some really positive things um, involved with growing up that way. Um, But, you know, there's always there's always going to be a contrast to that as well, which for me personally was a lot of uh, guilt, a lot of fear, um, and a lot of, uh, not so much when I was younger, but later on as I kind of became a young adult, a lot of shame, um, confusion. Uh, And so I'm trying to think, so yeah, just kind of all through like going going through like high school and stuff. Um, like I said, I was very gung-ho. I was very prude. I was very like follow the rules. Like, you know, I had my little things here and there, but like I never partied. I did not touch drugs or alcohol like at all until it was age appropriate for me to do so um, for the most part. Um, and I... I had boyfriends like all through middle school and high school because like I said, I've always been boy crazy, but like never did anything beyond just like making out and like some dry humping here and there. But other than that, like I was so, I was so afraid of what would happen if I had sex before I got married that I didn't. So for, well, I mean, for a while, obviously I have now, I have a child, so you guys already know, spoiler alert. Um, but, um, yeah, I was just, uh, I I think I, I made it to 18. I made it to 18, um, before I, um, had sex for the first time. And, um, up until that point, you know, I'm still, I'm doing the youth group. I'm singing on the worship teams. I'm, you know, if you type... I mean, don't, please don't do this, but if you want to, you can, whatever. Um, If you type in my name on YouTube, there are tons of videos that will pop up 
of the days when I used to sing at church uh, because I did it for 10 years. Um, And some of them are really good memories. Some of them I'm kind of embarrassed by, but um, yeah, that was my thing. That's who I was. I was the girl that sang on stage at this huge church. Everybody knew who I was. um, And I think I didn't really realize it at the time, but that's a lot. That's a lot of pressure and a lot of expectation to be carrying around as a person who is growing up and going from childhood to adolescence to adult young adulthood and all of that. And um, my whole identity was wrapped around what I was doing at church and the, the, the good things I was doing and, and, you know, being a worship leader and, you know, getting a lot of validation from that, from, you know, my parents, my, my youth group leaders, people, other people in the church, all of this. Um, I was also really involved in an organization called Young Life all through high school, um, which, like I said, again, was for the most part, a really positive experience. Um, met some really incredible people, went on to become a Young Life leader for a couple of years um, as well. So that's all mixed in to my story. But um, yeah, so when I was a senior in high school, I met this guy, my first like, I would say my first like, quote unquote, serious relationship. Um, And he was the one that I ended up I hate that I don't really like the term like losing your virginity because it just kind of like I don't know it kind of feels weird to me but um as if it's like I don't know it just makes it feel like such a bigger deal I don't know I but I guess we'll just call it that like I was like I mentioned a couple of times already, like I was like a gung ho, like Bible thumping, like Christian worship leading person, um, wore a purity ring, like the whole nine yards. Um, I, you know, would say things I can, and this is so cringe now because I don't believe this, but you know, I would, I would say things to people like, like I had friends, a couple of friends in high school that had, that came out as gay. And, you know, I would say things like, I don't think I ever said it to their face. And if you're listening to this, I'm so sorry. And I don't believe this now, but at the time, um, you know, I would say things like, oh, well, I don't really, I don't really agree with that type of lifestyle, but I'm still going to love the person anyway. You know, just like bullshit like that, that you hear people say and um that makes me cringe now but it's just like um anyway I started sorry I'm all over the place but I I, so I started dating this guy when I was a senior in high school he was the one I lost my virginity to had sex with for the first time whatever and of course when it first happened I wasn't really super comfortable with it. I kind of just did it anyway because I I don't want to make it sound like he like forced himself on me, but like a little. <laughs> um, he obviously knew like 
that I was trying to save myself for marriage. And at the time, like I was still trying to do that and believed that's what I wanted. And then we had sex the first time. And then after that, I was kind of like felt weird about it. Didn't tell anybody, didn't really know what was happening. And then it just kind of kept going from there. Um, And I can remember this is like a pretty life changing. This is like a pretty pivotal moment in my story. Um, I, so this guy that I was dating, he actually lived in California. Um, that's a whole nother story. I've kind of, I think I've mentioned it before, but he lived in California. I'm here. So he would come visit me here. And then I ended up going to California for my spring break to visit him. And that was when we had sex for the first time. And then he came back to visit me for my graduation because I was graduating from high school. And then my big plan, you know, I thought I was so in love with this guy, like really thought that this guy was the one I was going to marry. In fact, in my head, I was like, well, I have to marry you now because we had sex. So the only way I can make this right in my own conscious conscious is if we get married, which is so fucked up. But that's how my brain worked at that time. And it's not, I don't want to sit here and like blame anybody for it. But you know, when you grow up a certain way in, in, or in a church and whatever, with all these beliefs shoved down your throat all the time, that's the reaction. So, oh man. Um, so he wasn't a nice person and I put up with a lot with him and that included, you know, treating people in my life I cared about not so greatly because of this guy that I was dating that I wanted to make happy Um, while all the while dealing with this inner turmoil of like, oh my God, like I'm still wearing this purity ring, but I had sex, but I don't want to tell anyone. Like, what do I do? Like, I'm like, we're both Christians and we're both supposed to be living our lives a certain way, but we're not. And we're, you know, double life, quote unquote, as a lot as something you'll hear a lot um, from people who are religious. Um, anyway, so we, my plan was I was going to graduate high school. I was going to go to California. I was going to stay in California with my boyfriend and his family for the summer. And then my plan was to make some friends, meet some people. And then I wanted to go to beauty school down there and like live my life in California. Like that was my plan. Well, excuse me. Um, before like, but yeah, a few, when was it? A few weeks, I think before I was supposed to, oh, I remember what it was. So my boyfriend at the time came, um, to visit me to go to my senior prom with me. And this was a couple months or a month before I graduated. So he flew to Washington to go to my senior prom with me. And at this point, like we had already been, we were doing the long distancing, but every time we would see each other, like we would be having sex and I was keeping it a secret from everybody. Um, so that trip, um, after he went home, I got a UTI, had no idea what a UTI was because sex ed and, um, 
sexual health and all of that stuff like wasn't really taught to me in school or by anybody else. So I had no idea what a UTI was. All I knew was that I was going pee and it was burning and it scared the shit out of me. So I was like, I have to tell somebody because I'm afraid that I'm going to die right now. I was like, I can't tell my parents because then they're going to know that I'm not a virgin anymore. And I can't tell my sister or, you know, I can't, I I was like, who am I going to tell? So I ended up telling actually one of my youth group leaders. um, She was someone that I felt like I could trust and um, would, wouldn't judge me too harshly. Um, And I didn't come right out. I remember texting her. I didn't come right out and say like, hey, you know, because I didn't know what I don't I didn't know why it was happening. I had no idea like what a UTI was, like I said, and that you could get it from um, after sex or whatever. So um, I texted her and I said, hey, I have a really weird question for you. Like, please don't say anything to my parents. Like, I don't know what to do. And I just told her what was going on. And she goes, hey, like, don't be offended by the, you know, by me asking you this, but like, did you have sex? Like that could be. And then I, I told her the truth and she said she was super cool about it, which bless you. Um, I don't, I don't want to say names just in case people don't want me to like, you know, whatever. It's not like it's bad, but anyway, um, she, she was like, okay, I think you probably have a UTI. Like, I, I'll go to the store for you and get you the little, you know, the pills you need for it and pick up a bottle of, you know, a thing of cranberry juice and you'll be fine in a few days. I said, okay, great. So then of course I'm like at home and when you have a UTI and you're taking pills for it or whatever, I don't know what they're called, but your pee is like neon yellow. Like it looks like something out of a sci-fi movie. And so I'm like, trying to hide from my parents that uh, I have a UTI because then they're going to know I had sex. And I'm like peeing neon and like drinking cranberry juice, which I never do. And so I'm like, oh God, what if my mom starts asking questions? It was a whole thing. Anyway, um, that's just a funny story. But she, so anyway, she was the first person um, that I ever told um and uh yeah so I got a UTI fun and my parents never knew about it so now they know hi mom and dad um (laughs) and not that that's a big deal it's not like it's an STD or anything UTI you can get UTIs from for lots of different reasons but um yeah so that happened and um it was, I think it was after my senior prom, like after I got my UTI, like between that time and when my boyfriend was going to come back to visit me for my graduation and then we were going to drive down to California together. Um, my mom, I had a cell phone and we didn't have smartphones, but we, you know, could text and whatever. So, you know, I would be texting my boyfriend nonstop, obviously. And... I think my parents probably knew that something was going on, but didn't want to ask me outright. And all I remember was my mom went through my phone because this is, you know, the days before phones had passwords on them. 
And she went through my phone and my boyfriend and I had been texting about, you know, dirty texting or whatever. And so she went through my phone. That's how my parents found out that I lost my virginity. And I got in. I mean, it was the most horrifying, like, conversation I've ever had to have to this day. Honestly, it was worse than when I had to, like when I had to tell my parents I was pregnant. Like it it was it was worse than that. Not to, not that being pregnant was bad, but like in the situation I was in. anyway. Um and I remember sitting down with my mom and talking with my mom first and I begged her. I was like, "Please don't tell dad. Please don't tell dad." My dad's not like a scary guy, but you know, like when you, that's not that's not something I wanted to even talk to my mom about, much less my dad. So Um, It was a huge thing. And after that, you know, of course, I had this huge sit down conversation with my parents about all of that. And I felt horribly guilty and shameful more than I already did without them knowing. And it kind of that was kind of a turning point. Um, So then when when he my boyfriend came back for my graduation like the plan was still to move down there whatever obviously my parents were not on board with that plan but I was kind of entering that phase of like I'm 18 I'm yeah I'm 18 like I'm gonna do what I want and you can't stop me and um so yeah so I did that I went and I moved down there lived with him and his family um we continued to have sex and go to church and was in this whole like I was having this huge conflict of conscience within myself of like trying to be an adult and figure out what that looks like but still having all of this in my head of like what I'm supposed to be how I'm supposed to be living my life based on everything I've known my whole life and it was just a whole thing And he actually ended up breaking up with me while I was down there, like in the middle of the summer, like I was supposed to be down there the entire summer. And then like at that point, you know, more drama, more shit went down with my family to the point to where like I wasn't talking to my parents really at all because they didn't approve of him, which they were right not to. But just the way the whole situation went, like I was kind of like putting my middle finger up saying like I'm gonna do what I want and you can't stop me and um yeah so that was a pretty terrible summer um he broke up with me he was a shitty person like treated me like shit of course and like I remember at one point we were sitting on the couch and I looked over and he was like on his phone texting another girl who was supposedly a friend, but I'll never know. But texting another girl saying something about me being like, oh, yeah, like, I don't know if I really want her to be here anymore. Like, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like sitting right there and I'm like looking at his phone as he's texting this other person. Anyway, um, so he ends up breaking up with me. I'm still like not really on talking, like speaking terms with my family at this point. And I'm like, well, great. What the hell am I supposed to do? I don't know anyone down here. I'm not just going to stay here and live with him and his family after he just broke up with me. But I don't really want to go home either. So 
this story is turning into religion, into like relationships. I'm, I'm trying to get to the point. Point is, I ended up going home for a couple of weeks, didn't speak to my parents, didn't want to have anything to do with them. I was very angry. Um, I was broken up with this guy, but we were still talking. Um, it was very confusing. I had already had plans to go and volunteer at this summer camp, a young life camp for a month where I wasn't going to have any cell service, no internet, nothing. Um, and I was going to go work and volunteer for a month, which I was really excited about. So that came at a time where, you know, shit was hitting the fan. I got broken up with. I wasn't, you know, the, my relationship with my parents was non-existent at this point. And I was just a really angry person and just very confused and and whatever, not going down a path that I liked and not really knowing what to do about it. So I went, I volunteered at this camp. Um, Young Life is a Christian organization, for those of you who don't know. I went and volunteered for a month, met some really incredible people. Um, it, I mean, it really did change my life. Um, I had a lot, I did a lot of um, soul searching while I was there and realized that, you know, it was a good thing that this guy and I ended things and, you know, realized that he was a piece of shit. And I still I, I still actually have letters um, that my dad and a couple of other people wrote me like while I was there um, that I saved. Um, but yeah, I came back from that just with a whole, you know, perspective shift and attitude change. And I just told my parents, I said, listen, I know that I've been an asshole um, you guys didn't deserve that. And I would like to just move forward and never talk about this again, because I don't really know what to say, but I'm sorry. And let's just move on. <laughs> um, so that's what we did. Um, I moved back home. And, um, a few months after that was when I started beauty school. Um, and, during all of this time, I'm still, after even after high school, I'm still singing on worship teams. I wasn't doing the youth group stuff anymore, but I was still singing on um, worship teams for church. Um, and when I was in beauty school, so when I was like 19, I went to this church that I was going to. They had one in Linden and they also had one in Bellingham. The one in Bellingham is massive. So um, I would sing at the one in Linden, but I attended the church in Bellingham because I just, I liked the pastor and I liked the way they did things there. So I would attend church um, at the one in Bellingham and I really wanted to be on the worship team. So um, I, for a while, I actually sang on worship teams at both churches. So I did the one in Linden and also the one in Bellingham. Um, so I was doing a lot of singing. Um, at this point, um, I think I went like, I don't know. I had a, I had another relationship between my high school boyfriend and the one that really fucked me up when I was 20. But um, I think I had one other one, but whatever. We won't talk about that. Um, but anyway, so I'm still doing my church thing. Um, I started going to like a kind of like youth group, but for college kids. Um, 
And so I started doing that, singing for them, getting really involved with that community, um, which, like I said before, like for the most part, really positive experiences. I got to do some really cool stuff. I got to um, go on a couple of retreats and um, I got to record music with the the worship team band um, for like a Christmas album and a couple of other things like I was kind of like the girl or the vocalist who like got to do like like I sang a lot at like the bigger you know like Easter and Christmas are the two you know weekends of the year for people who don't for people who go to church but also for people who don't normally go to church go to church because their families want them to or you know whatever the case may be so I was always the one singing on like the big weekends like that where there would be like thousands of people um and I got to do some really cool stuff and like I said like my my entire identity was wrapped around this um persona that I had of being a worship leader and singing and and being involved that way and volunteering and whatever right so um still kind of struggling internally with you know the whole having sex thing and I had a boyfriend that I dated after my high school boyfriend um, that worked at the church that I was singing at and attending. We started dating and it was like a month or two into it where we started having sex, which we were both very torn about. It was a whole thing. We end up breaking up and, you know, I'm like all the while going through this just internal struggle and battle of like, what am I doing? Like, I don't, I'm not a good Christian. I'm not a good person. Like, you know, why can't I figure this out? Whatever. So when I was 20, um, I met this guy, a different guy. Um, he was like 15 or 16 years older than me. Um, and he, I met him at the barbershop I was working at at the time, but, um, he told me that he also attended this church that I sing at. So, you know, we start hanging out. He asks me out. We go on some dates, whatever. We end up dating for, um, we end up being together. We were together for a year and a half and then I broke up with him. We were split up for a couple months and then we ended up getting back together and we're back together for another six months. So we were together for a total of two years um, and that relationship was another pivotal point in my story, I guess you could say. Um, so we dated for a total of two years. I found out after we broke up for good, I found out that he had like another full blown relationship with somebody else the entire time we were together. Um, and I talked about that a little bit in an episode a, a couple months ago, the one about my cheating ex brought us together or whatever. If you guys listen to that one, um, I, I will at some point do a whole episode about that whole situation. But anyway, um, we were having sex obviously the whole time we were together. Um, and, but then also like going to church and singing at church and, you know, feeling confused and like, I don't know, like, you know, like feeling like I have to be held to this standard that's way up here because I'm a leader at this church, but then I'm doing this stuff behind closed doors that no one knows about that is, you know, that I'm feeling bad about because that's how I was raised. And 
Um, that's, I mean, there was a lot that was wrong in that relationship. Like I said, I'll, I'll save that for a whole another episode. But, um, after we broke up for good, I was, I was really, I was really fucked up. I, I was, I mean, you don't get cheated on for two years straight and think your entire life is a lie and like come out of that okay. Like you just don't. Um, And for me, what that looked like was, you know, up until that point. So I met him when I was 20. We broke up um, at when I was like 22 and a half. So I was like halfway through my, through being 22 while we were together. Like, even though he was much older than me, he wasn't really into going out. He didn't really like to drink um, or party or anything. And so even when I turned 21, like I was obsessed with making him happy. What a joke. Um, and so I just basically did whatever he wanted me to do, which meant I wasn't, if he wasn't going out, I wasn't going out. So of course I went out for my 21st birthday, but for the most part, like I didn't, I still didn't really like drink that much or go out or do anything like that. Um, so after we broke up, um, I kind of just snapped for lack of a better word. Um, and I felt so constricted and put in a box, not only by the relationship, but just by my life in general, that I just kind of had this breaking point of like, I'm just going to do whatever I want. And I had admittedly some really unhealthy coping mechanisms, um, a lot of which included um, a lot of drinking, a lot of partying, um, a lot of sex with people that I wasn't dating, one night stands, you name it, I did it. Um, I'm not proud of it. I'm also not ashamed of it because it has kind of turned me into the person that I am now. And um, the reasons behind why I was doing the things I was doing were sad and not cool. Um, But it is what it is. And so I kind of went through a year or two of kind of living this life where I would sing at church, you know, once or twice a month, but then I was also going out all the time, getting wasted downtown and hooking up with dudes and just being really reckless. And um, I did that for, I don't know, a year. And then during this time, I was friends with this person. Now here's Here's where the story gets a little bit more interesting. Um, I know we're an hour in already, so thanks for hanging in there. Um, but, oh, so I was, while I was going through this time, I was friends with a person who was my best, like she was like my ride or die. We did literally everything together. We worked together. It was a whole thing. Um, I became friends with her like when I was kind of on the tail end of my relationship with this guy. And so she kind of watched me go through this breakup. You know, we spent pretty much all the time together. And she was also going through like a really weird breakup with a really shitty guy. And so we kind of like bonded over that. And um, so we were like, you know, like, like I said, we were attached at the hip. 
and we would go out together and we would have so much fun and we both like to go out and dance and whatever and um, we're about the same age and she also um, came from a really religious um, Christian family and kind of was like, you know, at the time we both kind of were on the same page with that. At least I thought so. And um, so there was a situation that happened about a year, year and a half into our friendship that she ended up getting engaged, which was lovely for her to a really lovely guy. Um, I don't want to like, I'm, I'm, I don't want to come off like I'm talking shit because that's not what I'm trying to do here. But this is like a pretty major part of my story as well. So it feels weird not to bring it up. Um, but so we, um, actually went to the same church. Her parents went to the same church that I did, um, and were very involved. And so it was after she got engaged, like there, we kind of would get in, we got in a couple little arguments over silly stuff. And like I said, I'm trying, I'm trying to kind of like stick to the bullet points and I don't need to go into extreme detail, but basically it got to a point where she, you know, I, I was telling her everything. Like she knew every last thing about me, about my life, about what I was doing. Like I trusted her fully, um, more than most people in my life at that time. And, um, she sent me a text message one day and basically we had a conversation. We had a friend breakup. So, from my perspective, it, it, she kind of, it sounded like she was saying like, I don't agree with the life that you're living. Um, and I can't be a part of it and whatever, even though she was going out with me and partying with me and whatever, like that's beside the point. Um, but, and I don't think, I think that she was coming from a place of, she was concerned for me and rightfully so, because like I said, I was being very reckless. Um, And, but at the time it just felt, it just felt like someone who I trusted being really holier than thou. And, um, my biggest fear was kind of becoming a reality, which was I'm doing all these things. And if anyone knows about them, I'm going to be rejected and, um, you know, judged and whatever by this church family or these people that are, you know, these religious people that I kind of am a part of and relate to, but kind of not. And anyway, so it was kind of all just coming to fruition and, and it was this whole thing and I was devastated. I've never been more heartbroken. I mean, even till this day, um, than I felt when that friendship ended. Um, and, we, sorry, I, it's so funny. The things that I get emotional about, it kind of surprises me sometimes when I'm talking about it. But um, that was a really tough um, moment for me. And I think it hurts more when it, when it's a friend than a relationship because you, I mean, 
if you, you know those friends that you trust with your life and that you tell your deepest, darkest secrets to and they, you know, are there with you through everything. And like, I know that she was just doing what she thought was best for her, which I totally get. But like on my end, it was very painful um, and heartbreaking and it literally felt like a breakup. Um, so um, sh- shortly after that, um, you know, at that time I was still going out all the time. Like I said, being reckless, doing whatever I felt like doing because that's how I coped with my pain. And, um, and, but at the same, at the same time, still singing on worship teams and whatever, and not wanting anyone to know like what was really going on in my life. Um, and I got a phone call. The timeline, like I said, is a little bit blurry, but I got a phone call one day from this friend ex-friend whatever from her mom she called me on the phone and basically said hey um you know our daughter has kind of told us like what you are doing and how you're living your life and if you're gonna be a leader in the church it's 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 not good for you to be on stage singing and being on the worship team if you're doing these things in your you know free time Um, and if you don't go tell the pastor what you've done or what you've been doing, then we're going to tell him ourselves. So fucked up on so many different levels. Um, first of all, that my friend felt that it was okay for her to share all of my personal life with her parents, uh, rude and also the fact that they like are these grown-ups who are supposed to also be leaders in the church saying basically we're gonna tattle on you because you're a sinner unless you know if you don't go and tell them yourselves and I of course I was like well obviously now I have to say something because I it was just a really weird position to be put in. Um, and like I said, like growing up all through middle school and high school and in my young adult life, like my entire identity was I'm a worship leader. This is what I really love to do. And yeah, I'm not perfect. And yeah, I've made mistakes and, um, I'm still making them, but I'm not a bad person and I genuinely like loved doing that Um, and I devoted a decade of my life to volunteering and um, being on teams and stuff and so when that happened um, I was just put in a really weird position where I kind of had to take a step back Um, so I called up one of the, um, one of the worship pastors who I was really close to and who I had known for a really long time and just told him, Hey, like, I want to sit down and have a meeting with you. Like, and I basically just said, listen, here's what's been going on. Kind of just put it all out there. And I just said, you know, I think I kind of tried to take things into my own hands, matters into my own hands and just say like, Hey, like, 
I think it'd be good for me to just take a break from singing, from being on the team. Um, and I'm going to try to figure myself out and whatever. And it was kind of this moment of like feeling sad and um, not really knowing like what was going to happen next. But at the same time, this feeling of like relief that I could finally just live my life and not feel all this insane pressure to be this perfect example of what a Christian is supposed to be because I sing on stage in front of hundreds of people every weekend. Um, and that was a really confusing feeling for me because I'm like, well, this is something I love and I'm passionate about and that my identity is wrapped up in. So why do I feel relieved? Um, and so I did actually end up going to see um, a counselor or therapist um, only a couple of times because it just didn't wasn't a good fit. But that's when I kind of um, she kind of helped me realize, like, you know, if you if you take away church and and singing and worship team and if you woke up tomorrow and you didn't have any of the skills or gifts or whatever you want to call it that you have now like who would you be and I think I was like 22 23 at the time I think I was like 23 at the time and that was like a really I had never really thought about that before um and that was like a, a very life changing moment. And I was kind of like, yeah, you're right. Like I've been living my life this certain way for so long. And as I've gotten a little bit older and have kind of started living my life and as, as an adult, I don't really know what I'm doing. I don't really know what I actually believe. I'm doing one thing and I'm, but I'm doing one thing over here, but then I'm doing another thing over here and they kind of clash and I don't really know what to do with that. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, church and that community and everything had always been such a comfort for me. Like I said earlier, like in my younger days, like um, that's always where I felt safe and at home and like I had friends and whatever. And so I was like, well, what the what am I going to do if I don't have that? Like, who even am I? Like had this kind of identity crisis, really. And so I just took a step back. I stopped singing um, at church. I still attended, not every weekend, but I still would attend church. Um, and um, yeah, I was still continuing to kind of be reckless and just kind of do whatever I wanted. And um, I did that for a couple of years before I finally was like, you know what, like, this isn't doing anything for me. It's pretty empty. Um, and I need to figure out my own shit and figure out who I am and be a better person because like, I just feel really broken and, um, and had just never really like fully dealt with all of the stuff that I had gone through, um, in, like past relationships and friendships and um and then also like during this whole time from my 21st birthday on like during that whole crisis identity crisis I was having was when my sister um was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and so um there was from ages like 
from ages like 20 to 23, 24 were like crazy for me. Like there was just a lot going on in my own life, my family, like this identity crisis I was having. It was just a lot. Um, and it was kind of, um, it was kind of a few months before I met Lennox's dad. So right, pretty much right, right when I turned 25, that I kind of was kind of like, you know what, like, I've done all the reckless shit. I've had some adventures. I've, you know, experimented. I've done whatever. And I'm kind of over it. Uh, I'm kind of ready to grow up and, um, you know, figure out who I am and, and what that looks like. And, um, that was like kind of a few months right before I met Lennox's dad. And then obviously that happened. I got pregnant. Um, and, um, so right before, right before I found out I was pregnant, like a week or two, maybe a month before I found out I was pregnant, um, things between Lennox's dad and I were not going well. Um, I've kind of talked a little bit about it before, but he wasn't, he was pretty abusive. Um, and, uh, emotionally and verbally mostly. And, um, but then, you know, would say like, oh, like we should really start going to church. Like we should really turn things around and it would really help our relationship, yada, yada, yada. So we started going to church together off and on and kind of tried to start over, I guess. And at this point, there had been, I mean, it had been three years since I had sang on stage and they had a lot of new leadership, people who didn't really know who I was anymore. Some did, some didn't, um, which was a really weird thing for me. Um, but I remember going to the new worship pastor and saying, hey, like, I used to sing on teams for a long time. I would love to get involved again. Like, I don't really know what that looks like or what the process is like but just wanted to put it out there. Um, and then, um, so I kind of started, you know, being more involved kind of behind the scenes and attending church and doing whatever I needed to do to, you know, start singing again, because that was always something I was really passionate about and something that, um, I felt like I could do that. My God, sorry, I can't, um, it's really hard for me to not get emotional. Um, but anyway, shortly after having that conversation, like, you know, three weeks later, whatever was when I found out I was pregnant and don't get me wrong. Lennox is the best thing that has ever happened to me. And he truly saved my life and changed my life. Um, but when I found out I was pregnant, I was like, you know, his dad and I were broken up already at this point. I was trying to do what I, how I thought I was going to make myself better and, you know, become a better person or whatever you want to call it. Um, and the only way that I knew 
how to do that or thought I knew how to do that was to, you know, start going to church again and get involved doing that again. And, um, I, when I found out I was pregnant after I told my family and everything, um, I was like, well, I need to tell the worship pastor because obviously I know that, you know, as much as people don't want to say things are not about appearances, they are. Um, and I just had this feeling that maybe they wouldn't be so stoked about um, having a pregnant person on the worship team who's not married or with the father of the child. So I just remember messaging them and being like, hey, just wanted to let you know before I make a public announcement, you know, like I am pregnant. Um, I'm not with my son's dad and I still would love to be involved and volunteer and sing and whatever. I don't really know what the policy is on that or if it's even possible, but I just wanted to get that out there and let you guys know, blah, 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 whatever. And nobody was mean about it. Like everyone was like, you know, at least seemed pretty supportive. Um, But after that, I kind of just felt like, and like I said, this is my own perspective. I don't know if this is true or not, but I kind of just felt like instead of walking alongside me, sorry, in what I was dealing with, I kind of just got pushed to the side and kind of just, um, it, to me, to me, it felt like, oh, we don't really know what to do in this situation. It's not going to look good for us to have her on stage singing. So we're kind of just going to not say anything and hope she forgets about it. It was what it felt like. And like I said, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what it felt like to me. And so I just got, um, I just got really discouraged and, um, just from that point was just like, you know what? I feel really snuffed right now. And at a time where I was feeling like I really needed that community and support, oh my gosh, I did not expect myself to get this emotional, holy cow, Um, at a time where I desperately wanted that support and that community, um, I kind of just felt like I was a problem. And I just wasn't really interested in feeling that way or being around people who made me feel that way, whether they meant to or not. So I kind of just backed away quietly and didn't say anything else. Um, And that was kind of the last straw for me. And, uh, 
so I, you know, went through my pregnancy and had Linux and that was a really beautiful experience. And, and, you know, after between my, you know, my stage of life where I was being really reckless and, you know, crazy and just fuck the world, um, between that stage and when I got pregnant, I made some really incredible friends that have never been religious or considered themselves religious who have stuck by my side through everything and some that have as well. I'm not, I'm really not trying to shit on people who, you know, subscribe to any organized religion. I know that there are really good people who are involved in those sorts of things. I'm not saying they're all bad at all. And there's still a lot that are still part of my life that I love and look up to and who I know don't judge me and who support me. Um, but, um, yeah, I kind of just, I kind of already was starting to form my own opinions and uh, beliefs, but didn't really know what that looked like fully until I got pregnant and had Lennox and everything. And to be honest, um, it's been two, three years now since I got pregnant and, Um, I'm at a point right now where I'm still figuring it out. I don't have all the answers. Um, I don't feel like I fit into a box. Um, I, I have beliefs. I have opinions. Um, like I said, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know anything about theology really, Um, but what I do know is that after easing up on myself and realizing that who is important to me and what's important to me and like learning more about myself and having a lot of self-realization, um, I, yeah, I don't know. Like I don't... I don't, I don't, I just, yeah, I just don't feel like I really fit into a box. Um, I feel like the people, religious people, like, don't, people who are really involved in church and Christianity and the Bible and whatever, like, I don't really fit into that club, but I, I, I don't really fit into the box of there is no God and, you know, whatever. Like, I don't really fit in that box either. I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. And let me be clear, I'm fine with that. Um, But yeah, it's just kind of been, I'm still in the middle of figuring out, you know, what I believe as far as that stuff goes. And I don't have it all figured out, but that's okay. And I'm okay with that. And I'm at a point in my life where I'm very happy with the person that I am. I'm very happy with the people that I surround myself with. I'm really happy with the way that I parent my son. And my family is extremely supportive. And my family, I mean, this is just me. This isn't even my siblings or my parents. Like they've all been through a lot in their, you know, journey with religion and spirituality and whatever as well. But I'm just speaking on my own experience. But things have changed a lot for all of us, I would say. Um, but yeah, I'm just kind of at a point where, um, do I believe God exists? 
I think so. Um, do I believe everything that I was taught growing up? No. Um, do I think that sex before marriage is bad? No. Uh, do I think that people choose to be gay? No. Um, you know, the list goes on and on. Um, but like I said, like I just, I respect, I respect other people and their beliefs and their choices. Um, I don't agree with all of them, but I guess, I guess what, what I'm trying to say is I, I don't believe in any organization or religion or whatever that says their way is the right way and everything else is wrong, even if they're saying it in a nice way. You know what I mean? Like, it's pretty arrogant and closed-minded to say, this is right, this is what I believe, and everything else, wrong. Um, I think it's fine to feel strongly about your own convictions and faith and belief and whatever, but to tell other people that they're wrong because they don't believe the same thing you do, I think is silly. And I'm not about that. Um, but yeah, like I said, like I am just at a point where like I'm still figuring things out for myself. I've definitely come a long way and um, I know a lot more like who I am now than I did a few years ago. Um, and I... I think I just try to do my best to see people as people and for who they are and not for what God they do or don't believe in. Um, And that works for me. And I just, there's a lot of thoughts going through my mind because I was, I spent so many years um, in the church that I can almost guarantee that I know what a lot of people who might be listening are thinking who are still very involved, like, and it's really hard for me to have an open conversation about all of this stuff while in my head knowing, like, how people are probably perceiving it or thinking about it, Um, but I just think that it's important to be honest about anyway, even though it freaks me out, Um, (laughs) but... Yeah, that's, man, I don't really, I guess this would probably be a good time to go into the questions that you guys sent in um, that will kind of help me conclude what I'm trying to say here. Um, I don't, so I, yeah, I don't, I don't currently like really go to church. Um, I, I'll go occasionally. Um, I like to take Lennox. Um, he likes going into like Sunday school and playing with all the other kids and, there is, there is still, there are still things that I can connect with as far as church goes and, you know, listening to a, 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 a preacher give a message and whatever, but there's definitely a lot of things I don't agree with. Like I said, I feel like I'm one of those people that's kind of somewhere in the middle, which I'm really okay with. Um, please don't flood my DMs trying to convert me. Um, it won't work promise. I make my own decisions. Thank you. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I don't know. I'm just kind of in a space where it sounds probably really woo-woo, but I just am trying to be a good person 
treat I try to treat other people with respect and love and um outside of that the rest is details I don't really subscribe to you know any list of I have to do this and this and this and this in order to be living my life the right way like you know uh, other than you know I have more I have a moral code obviously and I do pray sometimes and um you know there has been a lot that I've had to figure out as far as like kind of deconstructing my faith and my beliefs and then reconstructing them again and trying to figure it out for myself aside from how I was raised and that's a really hard thing to do and I feel like it can take a really long time and like I said I feel like I'm kind of still in the middle of that I was actually one of the questions someone asked was if I could share some resources of like what I use to kind of figure that out for myself um, I don't have any like books or anything to recommend, but um, I just, I, I find people who I look up to and whose opinions I agree with and I kind of take in the things that they have to say. Like, for example, listening to podcasts, um, you know, there's a couple that I listen to that their belief system really aligns with the things I believe and they kind of have like similar stories of of growing up in a really religious background and then kind of figuring out their own way. Um, and I really resonate with that. So people like that who, you know, I really take in the things they have to say. Um, as far as like actual like resources go, like, I don't know, like I was listening to a podcast episode one time where they had this gal on, I can't remember her name, but... Um, I think she has her own either a podcast or a YouTube channel called God is Gray. And she, I, the the podcast episode that I listened to that she was a guest on was really awesome. And like 95% of the things she was saying, I was like, yes, yes, yes. Like you're, you're literally putting into words exactly how I feel and what I think and what I believe. Um, and then another really great person that I've heard about, I haven't listened to a lot of his stuff, but again, he was a guest on this podcast I listened to. Um, his name's Rob Bell. His theology and his um, beliefs and whatnot, um, I can definitely resonate with a lot of the stuff that he says. Um, but I don't know, like I said, I'm still kind of trying to figure it out. I'm definitely, I wouldn't call myself like an atheist by any means, like, but I don't know the idea that, like I said earlier, that it's a thing that, you know, supposedly this God is supposed to love people unconditionally, but then also if you don't have a relationship with him, you go to hell after you die. Like that doesn't really make any sense to me. Um, and, you know, if it's true, then shit. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's it's a really hard thing to talk about when I don't have another person sitting here with me trying to, like, have a conversation with. Um, but, yeah. Anyway, that's kind of my story. Um, hopefully it wasn't too all over the place. But, yeah, I don't really... Like I said, I don't really go to church. I will occasionally, um, 
but it's just not really like a huge part of my life anymore. Um, I just try to be a good person and love other people. And, you know, the Jesus that I remember from my church days um, said something along the lines of the number one commandment is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And um, I think people get really mixed up in all of the little things that the Bible says and, 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 and deciding on what, what, what rules to follow and not follow. Like, I don't know that it's just like such a longer conversation that it's hard to even get into all in one episode. But anyway, let me just get into these questions. So the first question is, do you think it's necessary to go to church to have a relationship with God? Um, In my opinion, no, I don't think it is. I think that from what I've learned um, growing up and, you know, being in church for years and years and years, um, I think that if you have a relationship with somebody, whether it's an, a person or whether it's God or whatever you believe in, um, I think that that's personal and that's up to you and the other person or you and God or whatever. Um, so if that means, you know, if, if you're not a person who likes to go sit in church, I think that that's totally fine. Um, I don't make the rules, but in my opinion, no, I don't think you do. Um, what is your view on religion slash the church after having Lennox and does it affect the way you parent? Um, so this is, this is kind of a hard one because, of course, how I was raised, which involves church and Christianity, is going to affect the way I parent my child. Um, I haven't really figured it out yet. Like I said, like I will take him to church sometimes, but I don't, I don't really shove it down his throat. Like I just, I'm more focused on making sure that he is respectful and well-mannered and behaved and, you know, independent and all of these other things than I am about whether or not he believes in a God. Um, I think that because I was raised in such a way that was so like, this is what we do. This is what we believe. We go to church every Sunday. You don't have a choice that for myself, I think that as Lennox gets older, it'll be more of, I don't know. I'll just be honest with him. If he has questions for me, I'll take him to church every once in a while, like I've already been doing. And if he has questions, I'm happy to answer them to the best of my ability. And I just, at the end of the day, I want it to be his choice. So if he gets to a point where he says, Hey mom, I want to go to church every Sunday and I want to go to youth group. Great. If he doesn't want to do those things, that's fine too. If he wants to try Catholicism, cool. I'll take you to mass. You know what I mean? Like he's his own person and I want to encourage that as much as I possibly can. If he's not hurting himself or hurting anybody else, I don't see any harm in it. Um, However, I will be honest with him about what I think and my opinions and my beliefs. Um, And, you know, kind of, I'm kind of in a, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it position because he is so young still. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I'm sure it will affect the way I parent in the future, but I don't know. I guess at the end of the day, I just want him to understand that there are a lot of different beliefs and religions out there and that there's not one that's right or wrong. Um, and he can choose whatever he wants. Um, and whatever he chooses will be fine with me because he's my kid and I love him and, you know, nothing's gonna, nothing's gonna change that. Um, someone said, uh, do you think people grow out of religion? How, why, and could they grow back into it? Um, oh, that's a tough question. Um, I don't, it's hard to kind of understand what you mean by like grow out of religion. Um, I mean, I guess in a situation like mine where I kind of grew up in a Christian home, going to church all the time, et cetera, like, I, I guess you could grow out of it because once you hit adulthood, you, you know, make your own choices and do whatever you want. I don't know. I don't really know how to answer that. Um, how or why could they grow back into it? Yeah, I mean, people have, I, I see people all the time who have experiences, you know, where maybe it's a life-altering experience or they have a, you know, uh, something happen where they decide that they want to be a part of an organized religion again if they weren't for a while and want to, you know, whatever, like, sure. I think that's totally possible and totally fine. Um, let's see. What role, if any, did shame play in your church experience? And kind of also going with that question, does guilt and shame affect your adult life? And did you feel more guilt and shame as a teen slash young adult while associated with the church? Um, I think I kind of went over that for the most part. Um, yeah, for sure it did. Um, especially when it came to sex for the most part. Um, that was a huge one. Um, and I mean, pretty much, pretty much from day one up until I was like 25, 26. Um, yeah, I, uh, maybe more like 20, 24, 25. Um, yeah, it played a huge role. Um, constantly feeling like I'm a bad person and feeling like I was doing something wrong. Um, I, I don't, I don't believe that at all anymore. Um, I guess you could call me sex positive. Um, I, I don't plan to raise my kid that you must not have sex until you're married because that's, I don't, I just don't believe that. Um, and I think it's totally okay if other people do. Um, but for me, that caused a lot of of pain and confusion. And I don't, I don't know. Like those aren't things, being a human is hard enough. Like you don't need to tack on guilt and shame for, you know, doing something that's so natural and can be so beautiful. Um, was there a time when I was using sex as a really unhealthy coping mechanism? Absolutely. Do I think that's okay? No, not really. But if it's in a way that's healthy and consensual, I'm, I'm all for it. So um, yeah, that's, that's, that's a, that's a very, uh, 
that that's a topic that could be talked about um, for a long time. Um, but yeah, it was mostly mostly that and just kind of like always this like little nagging thing in your ear every time you do something that, you know, someone in the church told you was wrong and you did it and just feeling like you're a bad person and feeling like you're going to be judged. I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of guilt and shame associated with being raised um, in a religious background, for sure. Um, Someone said, what's your view on religion versus spirituality? Um, Well, I think, I think that's another hard, man, these questions are like hard hitting. Um, to me, I don't know, because I, I think I would call myself a spiritual person. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call myself religious, um, but I would say I'm spiritual in the sense that, um, I do believe in a higher power, whether that's a, whether that's God or Jesus or whether that's the universe. I haven't really figured that out, but I do believe that there's something um, I don't know what kind of label you want to put on it, but I do believe in that truly. Um, and I think, I think that, I think that right there, in my opinion, is kind of the difference between religion and spirituality is religion is this organized thing, this box that people, or this label that people have with this set of rules or whatever that they prescribe to subscribe to prescribe, subscribe. I don't know to, you know, based on whatever that religion is. Um, so does that, I hope that answers your question. That's kind of my take on it, I guess. Um, do I miss anything about, about my old life, church, all of that? Totally. Um, I really do miss, um, singing and, and being on worship team. That was something that I really, really loved, um, and had so many positive experiences with, um, but, and, you know, some of the people, but like I said, some of the people that I was friends with or close to, like I'm still close to, um, I, yeah, I guess that's the only thing. Um, yeah, I just, I guess I, I, I have space in my life for people who, whether or not they, put a label on themselves as Christian or religious or whatever or not. I just want to surround myself with people who are non-judgmental, open-minded, and accepting. And if you are someone who calls himself a Christian and you are those things, great. Cool in my book. Um, But Unfortunately, there are definitely a lot of people out there who aren't that way and it's sad and it's a bummer, but I just don't have time for it. So, um, yeah, I think that this episode is going to spark some really interesting conversations, which I'm actually looking forward to. Um, I hope nobody got too offended. I don't think so. I mean, I don't know why you would, um, but yeah, I don't know. It felt good to kind of like get that out there and tell my own story. Um, And of course, as soon as I hit stop on this recording, I'm probably going to think of a million other things that I wanted to say that I didn't, but I can always do a part two, I guess. 
Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, pretty much sums it up. Um, yeah, I think that's enough for this episode. There's definitely, I think this, I think it's going to spark some conversations and some questions that will maybe turn into more episodes in the future. But I think for now, that was a lot. We're at an hour 45. This is the longest solo episode I've ever done. And one of the longer podcast episodes I've probably done. So um, I think this is going to be a good place to kind of stop, stop it. And, you know, we'll, uh, we'll probably get into it more later, maybe. I think this would be a good topic to have a guest come on and kind of talk with about it. Um, but yeah, that's kind of just been my personal experience. Um, that's, a, you know, a lot of my story. Um, so yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for all of the people in my life who are supportive and lovely and have been with me from day one until now. Um, I've learned a lot and I'm still learning and growing, but I really like the person that I am right now. Um, and I hope that everyone out there is on a journey to liking themselves too. (laughs) Oh gosh. Okay. I need to stop. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening, for tuning in. Um, that was a, that was a really, that was a lot for me. So thank you for hanging in there with me. Um, make sure to rate, review, subscribe to the pod, share it with your friends. Um, hit me up in the DMs if you have any questions or have anything you want to talk about surrounding this subject or anything else. Um, yeah, hope everyone's staying safe and entertained and healthy and TGIF or whatever day you're listening to this on. And, uh, I'll talk to you in a couple Fridays. Bye.